0: to King. King will barge over. Will he get it down? Yes, he does. There's the Premiership.
1: Wilson runs to the line. He's got Buxton with him. It's been put on the toe. It's going to be to try. Joy Jobson's got the try.
2: Window get their second.
0: You're listening to Leadcast in Newcastle 100th
2: home rugby league. Welcome back to another episode of League Castle. I'm, of course, your host, Chris McPherson, and we're back for another week, episode 14 of season 2021. And we've got an absolutely bumper episode ahead of us this week with plenty of guests joining us. Uh, We managed to secure Sam Anderson of the Maitland Pickers to have a chat about the Denton Engineering Cup and the Pickers' season so far as they sit atop the competition just after the halfway point. We also catch up with our regular stats man, Josh Spiegelman, to talk all things Denton Engineering Cup stats as well as the NRL. And then we've got Ash Harvey to come on to talk about the Aberglass and Ants and also the West Newcastle Women's Tackle and the Women's Tackle Competition. And we've finally got Dwayne Sampson to talk about the A-grade Win Network Competition from the Newcastle and Hunter Community Rugby League as well. So plenty of rugby league conversation ahead of what is a reduced action weekend. We thought we'd double down on the content with plenty of people having the weekend off ahead with the long weekend, just Denton Engineering Cup going ahead. So uh, please sit back and enjoy. We will have a longer-than-usual episode, as I say, with all those guests on, but uh, plenty of rugby league content. So let's kick it all off in our regular way with our stats guru, Josh Spiegelman. As always, let's kick off the show with our regular stats man, Josh Spiegelman, joins us again and uh, has the breakdown from a statistical point of view of all of our Denton Engineering Cup fixtures from the round that has just passed us by, being round ten. Uh, Josh, mate, uh, there's a few lopsided scorelines, so I don't doubt there was some uh, fairly uh, juicy stats this week.
1: Yeah, thanks, Chris. Great to be back, mate. Yeah, some uh, one-sided matches across the board there. Um, some great stats we'll dig into as soon as you're ready.
2: Yeah, let's kick it off, mate. Let's kick it off with the first of the games. It was at Lyle Peacock Oval on Saturday and it was the Macquarie Scorpions bouncing back after a few recent losses to some of the uh, sides that sit above them on the ladder. A crucial win for them to really put two hands on uh, fourth place, beating the entrance Tigers 40-10. to 10.
1: Yeah, mate. Yeah, Scorps dominated this match and therefore obviously dominated the points. Uh, before we get into the 1-2-3, we'll uh, just notably mention a couple of players that narrowly missed out. Uh, one for me was Scorps hooker Liam Higgins. He had some dangerous runs, out of dummy half, especially in the first half. at a team-high 11.2 metres per carry. And I also thought um, Joe Gardner, the big front rower with 130 metres and 30 tackles, he stepped up because news out of this match, the Luke Higgins got injured in the first half, their workhorse. I heard it's a high ankle sprain, so it should be good to go. But, um, yeah, that's of note there. And also for the entrance, I just want to mention Ayasua Afoa. He was one of their strongest. So he had a lot of strong carries and tackle bust. And he, he got the last try of the match um, close to the line, too. So those are my notables outside the points.
2: Lovely, mate. Well, let's dig into the points. You did tip off that uh, it's very scorp centric as you'd imagine, with that... Uh that score scoreline, so let's uh, fire through from uh, whichever way you want to go, mate. you want to go big to small or small to big?
1: Yeah, let's build up to the three points this week. Let's go um, one point to Scorp centre Sam Abraham. He's got two tries eight, off 88 metres, five tackle busts, two line breaks and an offload. I think that might have been his first first-grade game of the season, so great job by him there.
2: Yeah, lo- lovely work by Sam uh, coming into the side uh, to join that star-studded back line, mate, and uh I think the theme continues as we rise through the points with uh, the backs picking up some points here.
1: Yeah, the other Scorp centre, Royce Jeffrey, he's been a frequent this year on the leaderboard. He gets the two points here with a try, a line break, four tackle busts, 120 metres and six support runs. He also didn't miss a tackle and he forced an error. Um, I thought his support's were great this match, and he found his front, got over the advantage line often, so two points for Royce Jeffery.
2: Lovely. Royce always there and thereabouts, especially when the uh, Scorps put on some points. And uh, who was the Statsman best on in the first match of Round 10?
1: Yeah, best on field for me uh, was their 5'8", Jeremy Gibson. He had um, three try assists, three line break assists, an extra try contribution and line break contribution. He also had a team-high eight supports, and he also forced a out and made 89% of his tackles. So very solid across the board. He was um, the starting point for a lot of their attacks and um, didn't let them down in defence. So three points for Gibson there.
2: Lovely, mate. Uh, well done to Jeremy Gibson. We'll move on to the West Lakes game. It was at Harker also on Saturday. And it was a shutout for West. Uh, they didn't exactly put the cleaners through them, but uh, you're, you'd always be happy as a coach to chalk a third win, especially after the way West started the season and to shut out. Uh, fierce rivals. Lakes, the, these two sides have had a good rivalry going for the last uh, 40 or so years, so it's always sweet to get the victory, especially when it's the third in a row for a team that was battling a little.
1: Yeah, West picking up momentum here. It's a tough contest. We're against two teams pretty hungry for a win, but yeah, West just found ways to get over the stripe, especially thanks to a few boys in the points this week, as we'll soon read. Um, but I'm going to start off with a one-point first, and this is uh, going to late second row at Riley Jones. He played lock forward most of this match. Um, yeah, I thought he was really strong. He only had 80 metres, but it was 8.8 to carry, which was the highest for Lake's players over five runs. Um, and these included a team-high seven tackle busts. And he also made 26 tackles at 93%. So um, for a team that got shot out, but also didn't concede too many points, yeah, I thought he was great on both sides of the ball.
2: Yeah certainly uh has been uh, impressive for them their back row is quite strong Lake. so good to see uh in a losing encounter him picking up the points i'm going to guess that the other points do go to this west side as we said three wins on the trot now they're starting to really find some form and interesting to see when you look at those the team list from last week it's a fairly uh fairly big name sitting in the uh as the uh, concussion or hia the the eight, 18th man Ryan Walker so unused in the last three games so certainly if he can add to that squad then uh they're only going to get better as they continue to hit form. But who were the standouts uh, for them against Lakes?
1: Yep, the uh, two points go to Logan Radsevich, their centre. I thought he had some strong runs and a very effective offloads throughout the game. He also had a try assist and a line break assist, sending his winger, Malu Fiyu, over in the corner. Uh, I thought Fiu was unlucky to miss out on a point himself after a strong tackle-busting performance. So, yeah, Radsevich with two points.
2: Lovely, mate. And uh, the standout here, I'm going to guess based on what I've seen of West the last few weeks, their halves have been much of, much of the uh, the key to their performances. Uh, you've got uh, Young Badiris and Loffrey and also Fraser Price who comes off the bench and deputises in there. So, I'm, who, who have we got? Is it one of those guys standing out? Yeah,
1: it is, mate. It's West half Hayden Loffrey. Sorry, I apologise for getting his name wrong the other week. Um, he's in the points again with three points here. Uh, he's now got six points in the Southman comp across the last two games. So, He's been a pinnacle of their resurgence in recent times. Um, yeah, I thought he laid on a great try assist uh, with a kick back inside for Steve Witters um, to open a West's account, and he got a second try assist after backing up Heath Gibbs after a break. So yeah, with the two key try assists, a line break of his own, and plenty of support throughout the match, he got
2: my three points in the winning side. Certainly seeing uh, some players who are uh, backing up and supporting in the halves, picking up some points. So key stat boosters there for those halves and players that are listening. Let's move along to the Maitland-Curry game. And this one was one of those one-sided ones we talked about. And it was from the opening. Uh, Maitland crossed their first try in the fourth minute. Uh, they'd managed to put on six by halftime, including a hat-trick to Perry LeBrock, which takes him back to the top of the leaderboard in the try-scorer's race. Uh, but they ran out 48-6 to six winners um and obviously the controversial moment was Mitch Cullen being dismissed in the 12th minute and Curry will be without him for a week after that send off so who are the standards here you'd have to think in a scoreline like that it's uh, all points uh, to the men in black and white
1: yes mate dominated by the pickers the points this week I'll uh, just give a quick shout out to Pat uh, Matadia who scored a try and had six tackle buffs also Alex Lang- Langbridge who had three line break assists and two try assists but they narrowly missed out because Three of these performers were just too good to pass for me. So one point to the man you previously mentioned, Terry LeBrock. I usually don't look at all the tries, but when you score a hat-trick like that and you also pair it with 12.2 metres of carry from a winger, which is great, um, he gets a point for me.
2: Yeah, he certainly uh, certainly played very well, Perry, and uh, as I said, I think he had a hat-trick before half-time, so uh, he might have put his uh, put his cue in the rack at that point. Didn't want to outdo his four tries earlier in the year, so he can score and can score in bags, but as you said, got through plenty of metres and work as well. Playing in a slightly uh, out-of-tradition um, position, he's normally a winger for them. He, he and James Bradley have been their wingers, but moved into the centres, and that left edge was very dangerous for them, picking up four of their tries, so... Uh, mate, who's picked up the two points here? Who were the uh, and the three points? Who were the other workers for Maitland and picking up the good stats?
1: Yeah, we can't let the backs get all the glory, mate. So two points going to the big front row Jaden Butterfield here. Um, Pickers decided to rest Sam Anderson for a pretty long spell in this this one sided match, as you can imagine, because he gets do so much work on a weekly basis. And I thought Butterfield filled the void really well. He had a team high 158 meters from 19 carries with four tackle busts. And he also made 100% of his tackles and also winning each one in the ruck. But just a further note on Butterfield, I'm quite sure in my season-long stats, he hasn't missed a tackle all year. He's made some ineffective ones, but I, I haven't noticed him miss a tackle in my stats. So that's an incredible feat after 10 rounds or nine games
2: for him. Geez, you're putting the pressure on him now, mate. And um, I, I think the whisper was they rested Sam Anderson so that he was fresh for the podcast this week. I think that was the key.
1: <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. <laughs>
2: And who's, who's taking out, who's the standout for the Pickers from, from a stats point of view, mate?
1: Yeah, I'm going to go three points for Chad O'Donnell this week. Um, I thought he flashed form like he did in their President's Cup title run last year. Obviously, I was a part of that um, staff there, giving him the stats across that famous season. Um, yeah, he had some great Harvard Ridge passes this game, but stats wise, he had two line breaks of his own, four tackle busts, two try assists, two line break assists, and a further two try contributions. Yeah, I thought he ran the ball really well, challenged Curry's line. He cracked 100 metres off 11 carries. But he also made 91% of his tackles, which is great to see for a half.
2: Yeah, it certainly is uh, when the halves are getting in there and rolling up the sleeves, mate. Starting uh, started to see a bit of a pattern here. Three for three three-pointers, mate. So a uh, bit of a trend, which I, I think will be broken when we get to the next game. But just a couple of other other little shout-outs. Uh, wishing Nathan Ross all the best, mate. Uh, five minutes in. Uh, went down with a hamstring injury and had to go off. What that did, they brought Noah Ryan in, who was sitting on the bench. Noah had played a full game in their reserve grade, lost to Curry, and then came on 5 minutes 25 in, according to the New South Wales Rugby League stats, and played the remainder of the game. So when you do the math, that's about 145 minutes of football on a fairly warm Saturday afternoon for June. So um, for a young bloke who's just gone over to, to Curry, I believe last week was his debut for them. So... Already, you know, really just, you know, get it going above and beyond. And it, and it was a long day at the office with a lot of defence for Noah. So uh, hats off to him. And uh, hopefully uh, he can start to show a little bit more of his attacking prowess over the coming weeks.
1: Yeah, incredible fitness uh, shown by Noah there. I'm sure he will show some attack if he uh, doesn't have to defend so much.
2: The joys of youth, mate, at uh, 18 or 19 years of age, you get through that sort of footy. But uh, we'll move along, mate. Let's jump into the South and Cessnock game. It was the Bar TV match of the round. Um, and I happen to know that uh, your best on ground wasn't the bar TV to his new man of the match, but you did have him in your points white shore from uh, the Cessnock go in in their 30-16 to 16 win at Townsend.
1: Yeah, mate, I did. It was an interesting match, this one. 16-30, um, the end scoreline in favour of Cessnock. I also note South got over the line six times in this match and were held up. So fantastic effort by Cessnock's defence there. Obviously, scoreline could have been a lot different if they hadn't done that. Um, yeah, we'll start with um, one point for Cessnock, edge White, sure. I think he threatened all day and he was very solid in defence. Obviously, I don't do the stats for Cessnock, but I couldn't go past giving him a point. He narrowly beat out south bench forward Jack Welsh for mine. He won all 12 of his carries and made 95% of his tackles. Although he did get sin bins for a Sam side, a eh? third man in offense So he, he just lost the point for me there.
2: Lovely, mate. A bit, dis- bit of discipline uh, is noted in the stats. So, everyone out there, that's uh, that's a key one in there, obviously. But, uh, mate, so, uh, White Shaw picking up the one point. Uh, who have we got? Uh, I believe you've got a couple of absolute gun strike backs picking up the remainder of the points here.
1: Yeah, I do, mate. I've given two points to South fullback, Harry Van Dydel. I thought he was their best on sale for mine. Um, had a try assist line-break assist, 21 carries uh, for a team-high nine tackle buff winning 80% of these carries and also having five support runs. So he often got him across the advantage line, strong strong kick returns. And you can see why he's in and out of the night system.
2: You, you certainly can. He's a uh, very talented player, as is the man who's picked up your three points here. One of the sets not going as outside backs.
1: Yes, mate. This man had a very interesting first half. Um, this is no other than Tyrone Roberts-Davis, who moved up our stats leaderboard. He, in the first half, he scored a runaway try on the halftime buzzer. He had a try assist, line break assist, the Test Knox first try, and a bunch of tackle busts. But he also made four errors and had a try cause in the first half. So he wasn't necessarily my best on field at the halftime break. But he came out in the second half and and had you know a great half to kind of seal the win. Another runaway try, his second of the match. And he continued to break tackles all game. So he gets the three points for mine in a winning side. I thought he contributed a lot to their attack, playing fullback a fair bit. And obviously, Tess Knox didn't have Adrian Davis this week, so very important, his contribution.
2: Yeah, certainly is. That experience really telling for them. And, uh, yeah, he's uh, he, he can be a bit of a diamonds or dust player to Iron Roberts Davis, but uh, as our leaderboard shows, it's more often than not diamonds so far in this season. So uh, we hope that he continues on. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see him just return to that next level again if another opportunity presents itself. He's certainly got the ability.
1: Yeah, he
2: definitely does, mate. that will be good to see. And, mate, uh, I noticed too, just on, on a on a big note for yourself and I, that our campaigning has finally uh, been squared away and it now shows on the New South Wales Rugby League site that Townsend Oval is in Merriweather. Oh,
1: I've just noticed as you've said that as well. That's caused
2: the celebration, mate. Hey, League Castle, we've got some pull. I don't know if it's any significance or anything really major, but at least no one's, <laughs> you know, or maybe it was a campaign from all those people that kept driving to Minto to find out there's nothing on. Uh, but <laughs> I, did, I did
1: warn the listeners last week.
2: Yeah, I saw that on the page. So you know, public service announcements. We can. We, that's one less we need to worry about moving forward. But let's look at Sunday's sole game, and it was the Central Newcastle Butcher Boys at home against the Wyong Rus And the Butcher Boys bounced back from their uh, significant loss to Maitland the week before with a seven try victory, thirty six to fourteen. They ran away from Maitland. I uh, sorry, from Wyong – uh, and uh, the Roos just couldn't hold with them in the second half, mate. Uh, who were the standouts here? I'm guessing with uh, a victory of that point, of, of that margin, that the majority of the points are going to the, the boys in blue and white.
1: Yeah, most of them are, mate. Uh, it was a tightly contested first half. You know, Central made it work pretty hard, and, then, and like you said, ran away with the match. I'm going to give a point, first of all, to uh, Cameron Anderson, spider. He got back in the try scorers list this week. He had a number of tackle busts and offloads creating good second phase play and also number of supports um these two teams i don't do the stats in depth for but watching the extended highlights i could see what an influence he had on the match
2: lovely mate and now you know i've got these three two and one in front of me here i've need some clarity over who it is in particular because there's two of these guys by this name out there and we did talk about this um on our podcast last week uh, not with yourself but uh in regards to who would be the, uh, the better of the Mitch Williams out there. And on the stats, which one was it that picked up the two points?
1: Uh, yes, it was indeed Wyong Cooker and Captain Mitch Williams here for the two points. Uh, even though he threw that intercept pass for Central's last try, I thought he had a great match before that. He registered all three try assists for Wyong's three tries with two line break assists to match. And he had some key line engagements throughout the match, which is when you draw in the defence prior to passing. So, yeah, he, he got the two points for me.
2: Yeah, lovely. And, uh, mate, uh, I believe it uh, might have been uh, one of the flying outside backs for Central that uh, picked up the uh, the three points there, mate.
1: Uh, yep, it was. Um, yep, yeah, Denzel, Ryan, uh, yeah, he got the three uh, points for me here to go along with his three tries. Um, yeah, it's not often that I weigh tries so heavily, but in a match where I don't do in-depth stats, it weighs a little bit more. Uh, but I also noted he did have a number of tackle busts from what I saw on the highlights and when you finish off tries with that in that fashion hard uh, to go past him in a winning side
2: Yeah he certainly stepped up into the grade coming into the first grade side this week and uh, there's been a few of these young guys that have, that have come in and uh, made some impacts and you know uh, picked up some bags and you hope that he can continue and do, continue to develop his first grade career after such a an impressive performance uh, helping lead central to that victory mate but uh Let's get to the exciting bit. Uh, actually, we'll, yeah, we'll jump into the exciting bit. We'll jump through the leaderboard, mate. We might start at the uh, the seven-pointers if you want to do the sevens. and uh, Actually, I'll do the sevens, then you can do the eights, and I'll jump into the bunch of nines, and you can give us our leaders. So the sevens, it's two very experienced halves, none other than Maitland's Chad O'Donnell and uh, Central's man, who's out of action in that win on the weekend, Luke Walsh. So they're sort of rounding out that uh, what is the top ten at the moment. Uh, who have we got next up, mate?
1: Yeah, just one guy on eight points still, Tyler Randall. He didn't move after the weekend. And yeah, as the viewers will see on this leaderboard when I put it up, I had to cull it because there is a lot of players on five and six. So it really is anyone's game.
2: Yeah, it certainly is. If we, if we went all the way back to five points, we'd have 26 players. Six points is 17 players. So there's plenty of players within striking distance, a few sitting back there, including some decent names with some striking them, Cade Hardy and Carrot Holland on four as well. So... As we've seen a couple of, couple of games in a row, um, you'll certainly be right up there. But let's move along to the nines, and there's a host of names here. Um, we've got a, at least two with, ex, with our XNRL experience and uh, guys that have knocked on the door not far short as well. So we've got Cessnox Adrian Davis and Tyrone Roberts Davis both on nine. Wyong, Captain Mitch Williams, uh, the injured Luke Higgins, and, of course, Maitland's Brock Lamb, all in that pack of nine. Uh, On nine, sorry. So they're all just sitting one point behind our joint leaders who currently, at the end of round 10, we have the joint leaders of?
1: Cameron Anderson and Royce Jeffrey, two absolute strike weapons out, out the back for those two clubs, Macquarie and Central.
2: They certainly are, and... Uh, Rightly so, up the top of the leaderboard, although I'm sure they'll be watching over their shoulder, knowing that uh, certainly Brock Lamb is uh, sitting there on nine points with a game in hand. And look, he was far from disgraced as part of that win. I think he was just outshone by a couple of other stars for Maitland on the weekend. He's always there or thereabouts. Brock, as are a number of those other players. So he'll undoubtedly, over these remaining eight rounds and the uh, catch up games as well, be some. Uh, some jostling for positions there. And, uh, mate, uh, I know you did post it with the leaderboard, but uh, you came out with a, uh, a fairly significant announcement in regards to the the uh, prize that's on offer for this one as well.
1: Yeah, mate, I thought to make it a bit more interactive and a bit of a reward at the end, we had a discussion. And, yeah, we're obviously going to announce $100 to the winner's charity of choice at the end of the season. So, hopefully, you know, it's something for the players to play for. It's not, not much, but we dug into our league castle pockets and that's what we came up with after all our losing bets.
2: I was going to say, certainly not from our NRL betting that we've uh, that we've put ourselves in a position there. So, uh, no, you, you, you've uh, done well to dig into the pockets there and find that, mate. So, uh, yeah, certainly interesting. We'll have to uh, put our heads together and work out what happens if it is, if it is uh, you know, two or three players tied. You know, it starts to, starts to dwindle down, so we might have to find some sort of count back or something that you and I can put our heads together and clarify some, some rules for awarding that, mate, I'm sure. But uh, before we wrap it up, we'll go through the other stats that we do like to fire out as well just quickly, and that is uh, the leading try scorers in the uh, Denton Engineering Cup firstly, which um, I'll run through. We've got a, uh, a top top uh, 13, I think it is, top 14, sorry, if we go back to five tries. So a bunch on five tries. We've got Tom Hughes from Maitland, the uh, Wyong pair of Zane Rickett and Terence you Brent Mendike from Cessnock, Randall Briggs and Dylan Pithian from Central and Matt Lawler from Maitland, which is pretty impressive considering Matt hasn't played a lot of games this year. Uh, our points leaderboard for the Statsman's leaderboard, Cam Anderson, sitting on six. Rob Bursaro from Macquarie on seven. Then we go up to Tyrone Roberts-Davis and our other leader, Royce Jeffrey, on eight tries. And it's James Bradley and the uh, former, former reality TV superstar, Joe Woodbury from Macquarie on ten. And Perry LeBrock. the first time in a little while he's opened up a little bit of a gap with that hat trick he's up to 12 tries so he leads by two tries interestingly enough we had uh the top seven on our leaderboard all scoring a try on the weekend and uh with his try randall briggs actually takes the lead as the leading try scoring forward from uh the entrances tim nawakatabu so that'll be an interesting little sub battle on its own and uh mate uh, off the back of your announcement of a hundred dollars i'm working on either getting a sponsor or uh, i might just have to dig into our, our betting allowances to have something small here as well which will be the same uh, it'll be going towards charity of, of the winner's choice so good to see um you know a little bit of an incentive for the boys to uh maybe put something back towards a, a good cause
1: yeah definitely mate that would be great um Curry lebrock as you mentioned in a great position and I wonder if he's on that. I think he's on the same side against Wyong this week. Just let um, Denzel score three tries. So could he build some more? A bit of a more a bigger lead.
2: You'll certainly be getting him excited about that, mate. He likes getting across for a meat pie. He's uh, a gun there. But uh, the final one, mate, and uh, this one is we started starting doing the now. I started doing the readouts on these a couple of weeks ago. But um, it is the women's tackle leaderboard. Uh, we want to get a bit of a quality in in our stats where we can and. It was neck and neck a couple of weeks ago, but a few injuries and uh, players sitting out games now sees uh, that we are an absolute runaway leader in the point scorer of the year for the women's tackle. We've got Amy Waterhouse from Souths on 32 points uh, alongside Kayla Romanyak, who's also on 32 points with just eight tries. Our leading try scorer, Shannon Rose, is on nine tries and 36 points. Ash Harvey, she's been out the last couple of weeks, so she still sits on 38 points. But Tani Milgate has streaked away. She's up to 27 conversions and two tries, 62 points. So a 24-point lead. She's opened up after what was just a two-point lead two weeks ago, mate. So absolutely firing for Central.
1: Yeah, same that way, mate. Um, I'd like to get more involved where I can in the women's staff, so just let me know uh, if you need any help. And uh, I'm more than happy to assist. Same like talented girls.
2: There's certainly some talented girls out there, but uh, we might uh, wrap up our stats segment, mate. We're 20 minutes long in the tooth, and we'll jump back and uh, quickly pull apart what was a great win for the Blues and uh, also have a quick look ahead to the NRL this weekend uh, after I've caught up with Sam Anderson and Dwayne Sampson and Ash Harvey with our bumper show this week.
1: Brilliant, mate. Speak soon.
2: All right, it's that time of the show where we get into the Denton Engineering Cup, the President's Cup North, the Newcastle Rugby League. It's a competition of many names, and uh, we're fortunate enough for this week's episode to be joined by one of the Maitland Pickers front row contingent middle forwards, uh, none other than Sam Anderson. Sam, thanks for a little bit of your time this week. Not
3: a drama, mate. Thanks,
2: doesn't it? Mate, um, the season... Look, you know, you guys didn't necessarily hit your straps fully at the start of the year. You've had the, the one bump against Cessnock. Um, but I'd have to think that yourself and some of the other senior players and certainly Matt Lantry are reasonably happy with where you're sitting atop the table after we've just turned the corner for the midway point of the year.
3: Absolutely, mate. Yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head. We, we were winning games at the start. We did drop that one against Cessnock, which still hurts. But we were still winning games, but not not really satisfied with how we were playing. But I feel like, I feel like over the last couple of weeks, We've, um, we've turned of a corner and we've started holding holding ourselves accountable and, and drawing home our kind of standard that not just winning engaged but doing things like turning up defensively and, and yeah holding ourselves accountable and we're starting to turn a corner as you said
2: Mates and uh, as we said you're, you're on top of the table at the moment equal with Central and Cessnock but a game in hand but the, the two standout aspects when we look at the latter and we'll delve a little bit more deeply into it in a moment but You've scored 60 more points than anyone else with a game in hand, um, but also allowed 70 less points than Central, who's the next best defensive side um, out of that top tier. Uh, admittedly, as I said, one less game there, but your per-game points is uh, you know, looking quite strong, so the attack and defence both firing pretty well.
3: Yeah, we, look, there's no doubt about it in our team. We know we can score points. What we really try and focus on, which is what we did last year in the, in the President's Cup, style where we were playing against teams, we didn't really know anyone or had never played against any of them before. We really tried to focus on our defence and I believe that's what won us to cup last year. So we, we do pride ourselves on, on defending and we, we practice full contact at training, that's our, our bread and butter and I look to be honest and tell our team we know we've got points in us. It's, it's mainly just defending and, and using our systems and relying on each other that we really focus on and I think that's working for us at the moment.
2: Yeah, certainly. And, and you know, I think that key, as you talk about, uh, barring that one anomaly against uh, Cessna, you know, you've tr- teams have barely troubled you with double figure points. I mean, Macquarie got to 18, but there's plenty of games where it's only been the one solitary try that you've allowed in, in sort of three or four uh, of your fixtures. So certainly, you know, if you can keep that up, you'd certainly be fairly confident that you're going to go a long way uh, throughout the season and into the finals. Well, we're,
3: we're definitely confident, but we're we're always just one game ahead. And, to be really honest, we knew after the success we had last year, we were going to be kind of the team everyone wanted to beat, and it, it's it's a position that we want to be in. But we've got to turn up every week because if we turn up one week with a poor attitude, we know that every team that comes up against us wants to knock us off, and 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 that's great. That's a great position to be in. So we've got to make sure mentally we're up for every game every week.
2: Yeah, and, and certainly that's that's right, mate. And, and we've talked about it probably ad nauseum with with other people we've had on the show. Is that yeah, you know, it doesn't take being that far off your game, even when you are the top side against anyone. You know, any side is capable of knocking off another side if they're just, you know, that ten or twenty percent off their game at, at any point as we you know, as we've seen in the last couple of weeks, so it was only the round before last where, you know, the three sides had only had three wins between them, all managed to get a win in the same round. So uh, you certainly can't rest on your laurels at any point.
3: No, this this competition I've played in it, um, from ten years ago before I went away and then I've come back here three years ago. It's definitely probably one of the the strongest Newcastle competitions I've had, especially since the additions of the two Central Coast teams, Wyong and the entrance. But, mate, there's some really good quality sides and you just can't turn up on any day and think you're just going to get the win because of the depth that's in the competition at the moment.
2: Yeah, 100% mate. And, and in terms of that, you've, you've had the opportunity to see all of the other sides now. Obviously, we know that you know, you've know you had a, a really tight game with Macquarie, uh, a close loss to Cessnock. Is it, are they the sides that you see as the, the other sides that you've really got to keep an eye on coming through the back half of the season and, and into the finals? Is there someone else that you think sort of represents a bit of a dark horse?
3: Um, obviously, yeah. Central, um, I believe, are, are really quality out there as well. You've got that's who, Knock, who knocked us off, and I think they, they turn up on the day and they can really put it together. They place him in pretty quick, Um A bit of a dark horse. West making a bit of a run. Um, it seems they've turned a bit of a corner in form, and blokes in there, so they're a fairly young side getting some experience. So, mate, I expect them to do a little bit of a late a late run towards the end, and then one of those Central Coast teams. I wouldn't be surprised if a while led by Mitchie Williams, who's a really clever of a player and a captain coach there. I wouldn't be surprised if a team like that made a late late run to the semis, which is who we've got this Saturday. So,
1: yeah.
2: Yeah, they're certainly always dangerous. His experience, you know, Magnus Stromquist, who I'm sure you've come across through your travels and also Terence C U C and there's plenty of experience there to uh, steer that side around.
3: Absolutely, mate. Yeah, yeah, um, they've got some really experienced players there. And like I said, any team that I've played with, Mitchell Williams, a lot in my career and against him, any team that's got him in it on the day, you never know, like, there's always
2: a chance at winning. Yeah, and, and I also like, mate, your ID there on West. Obviously, uh, having a look at a side, as you said, a young side, a lot of new players coming in and sort of settling into new roles. And, um, yeah, they've managed to put three on the trot. They've still got another catch-up game against Lakes, but each of their three wins has been by a couple of tries. And also, when you allow that, in none of those three wins, has probably their biggest name on paper, Ryan Walker, kitted up. So they've still got him sort of to come back and uh, join that team, which will add some more uh, punch.
3: Absolutely. Like I said, they were a young side and we played them a month ago. Um, but in, in saying that, they're only going to get better for every game they get the experience they get under their belt. And yes, Ad Ryan walk into the mix. And West never a team that they never really lose many games. So I expect them, as they've already started, to put it together and do a late run towards the semi.
2: Yeah, exactly, mate. All right, let's have a look back at round ten. Um, we'll start off with the side we just talked about, West. A shutout. It would have been an absolute arm wrestle. Fourteen 0 against Lakes United. Uh, that that win puts West only two points outside those two sides sitting in equal fifth. So with a game in hand, they're certainly making a bit of a surge. Uh, the other games on Saturday, we had the Macquarie Scorpions comfortable winners, forty to ten, bouncing back to the winners' circle after a bit of a tough trot they've had against the entrance. Uh, we also had Cessnock getting the win in the Bar TV to match at the round, 30-16 over South Newcastle. Uh, we'll jump to Sunday, then we'll come back to your game, mate. 36-14, Central, uh, coming back after that uh, loss to yourselves the week before th- to beat Wyong. Uh, but, mate, 48-6, to it was a fairly clinical performance from your guys against Curry. admittedly a Curry side that played the majority of the game with only 12 men. Yeah, it was,
3: mate. We were... We were, we were pretty happy with how we played, to be honest. We, um, Like I said, the last two weeks, we feel like we've we kind of held each other accountable. We had some honest discussions and, and turned a corner form-wise, but it definitely was. It was clinical with that late try that Curry scored late in the in the dying. I think it was five or ten minutes of the game. One goal we really wanted to do was keep them scoreless, so um, it was definitely clinical. It, they and they were down to 12, but it was obviously I think about 15 minutes in, so they were always against it, unfortunately. They're when they got 13 on the side, they're, they're actually a pretty tough physical side to play against. So, in saying that, we take from it that we um, we did. We, we completed really well, and we turned up defensively really well as well, other than that one blemish with the try. So, we were definitely happy moving forward. But as I said, the kind of we always go with next job mentality. So, now our next focus is long this weekend.
2: Yeah, certainly, mate. And I think... Um Going back through the uh, the match and the highlights, uh, you guys might have put up an effort for try of the year as well. Taking the kick off on your on your right edge and swinging it all the way across the left edge and going coast to coast as well as uh, side uh, as well as end to end to uh, score an absolute cracker there at one point uh, in the first half.
3: It was yeah, it was it was good mate. But I think that's just playing eyes up footy in that you don't always necessarily have to dish it off to you your front rower and, and send him into a wall of blokes from their stack one side. So, yeah, that, that was it was a good try, don't get me wrong, but it's just playing eyes up footy.
2: Yeah, and, and you know, the great thing for your side and, and being, being there at the game on the weekend... You had threats all across the park, and I think that's probably something Matty's worked on is, yes, you've got some really good finishes on the outside, but you've got the ability of Brock Lamb throwing those inside balls. You've got, you know, the Langbridges and O'Donnell as well, as well as, you know, a number of guys that get through plenty of work in the middle who, you know, you guys, your middles quite often get praised when we get our, our man, Josh Spiegelman, on here doing the stats. So, mate, it's, uh, it's, it's a real 13-man effort um, with what goes on yeah. at Maitland.
3: Absolutely. Yeah, no, we don't we don't really hold any other blokes. We're pretty much 1-13 to side, like you said. We've got a really good fullback at the back with Dan Langbridge, made some really good quality halves, and Alex leading us around at nine, and then everyone just chips in and does their job. It's, um, there's no one man out. that's for sure, and we're very lucky and blessed to have the, the, the calibre of players we've got outside. But definitely, and, and if someone doesn't perform or live up, then we hold each other accountable. We're a very honest side with each other, how we review each other at training, and, and that's con- how we'll continue to be moving forward in this competition.
2: Yeah, lovely, mate. Well, let's have a quick look at the ladder, and then we'll get in and get your thoughts on the round to come. Uh, so we'll go in reverse order. Down in the in equal ninth spot, we've got South Newcastle on Lakes, both on four competition points. Lakes, obviously, as I said, with that game in hand, to come in a couple of weeks uh, up against West. We then come up to on six points each in equal seventh is West and Curry, both with a game in hand, Curry against yourselves, again, to be played on that catch-up rep round. Uh, then we move up to the Entrance and Wyong on eight competition points each uh, in equal fifth. Macquarie on 12 in fourth. And then the three sides we talked about yourself, Central and Cessnock, all on 16. Again, Maitland with a game in hand. But it really shows with, with some of the results in the last couple of weeks and West sort of going on that run from... Being 10th and now only being one win out of a finals position, that if you can string together a couple of results and, and a couple of others go your way, then you can quickly make a surge up the ladder. So it's, it's probably far too early with only four points separating 5th to 10th to uh, be riding anyone off at this stage.
3: Absolutely, like you just touched on. And we're only just past the halfway point of this competition. So realistically, any of those teams can make a late surge. And I, I don't think we really know what the makeup of the, I think, is, is it a top five?
2: It will be, yep. This year
3: or? Yeah, I don't really think anyone knows what the makeup of the top five will be until the last round's play Because, as you said, especially those those teams that are getting wins recently, which haven't been, they're making late surges. So, no one's really going to know until the until the death what the top five's going to look like.
2: Yeah, we've certainly seen some movement. I mean, it's only th- sort of four weeks ago that Macquarie were were looking like the absolute pace setters at the top there. Then they had a bit of a a rough trot and some tough yeah. games against, I think, yourselves. Uh, and Central in close games. And they had that fade against Cessnock, which all of a sudden three losses on the trot. And they I mean, they're only back to fourth, but another result against the yeah. entrance on the weekend would have seen them sitting level with the entrance. So it really is that, um, exactly. you know, just keep turning up. But let's jump into round 11. We're now up to uh, with four games on Saturday, one on Sunday. And we'll start off, mate, this one's an interesting one. It is the entrance coming off the back of that big loss to Macquarie. They travel up to Carl Oval at Belmont to take on Lakes. And we've seen Lakes... They grew an extra leg at home the other week against Curry. Do you think they can do that again, or do you think the entrance will be too strong for them?
3: Um, look, when we played Lakes at, at their home ground this year, they were actually pretty, in their first half, they were really physical and, and played some good footy. And, and saying that, entrance, they're a big side. They're a big, powerful side. So I think we actually went into them, uh, against them at half-time, really pretty much level. So, mate, we were, both those games tested us. So that'd actually be a really good fixture. You've got... Um, I really don't know who to, who to pick out of that one. I think if entrants turn up and they play their best game on a day, how big and physical they can be, I think they, they might cause an upset
2: there. Yeah, it would be interesting to see. I know, I know just looking at the team list for this week, two um, names, Joris Glamazina, who's been an absolute gun for them over the last few weeks, and Will Pierce will both out this week, but they do welcome back in Sione Tonga. So uh, a bit of change mm-hmm. for the entrants. We'll wait and see how that plays out. Uh, but certainly Will Pierce was a, a fairly decent out. He's been quite strong for them this year.
3: Yeah, for sure. No, he's a quality player. Like I said, they're actually... We, we didn't know much about them, not having played before, played against them before we um, we saw them this year. And like I said, they, they're they a really gritty side and they're big boppers. They, they go all day as well. So, mate, they don't give anyone an easy day out of the office. That's for sure.
2: No, they certainly don't. Uh, let's move on to the next one, mate. We'll have a look. And it's at Lyle Peacock. It is the Macquarie Scorpions who currently sit in fourth. Up against South Newcastle who sit in ninth. South Newcastle, welcome back in. Harry Van Dardel at fullback. Uh, while uh, Simon Allen, Ty Alchin and Ben Roos come in for the Macquarie Scorpions. So Vendato's a big in for uh, South and that, certainly a couple of their boys, the Affleck boys, who know um, some uh, some of the Scorps boys quite well as well as the Higgins boys who are ex-South boys being out there at Macquarie. So there'll be no love lost here.
3: No, no, there won't be. Obviously, players jump and ship and in this competition you hear about it <laughs> and there's definitely a bit of banter on the field. But I, if you are asking what I expect from that game, I think, Macquarie will turn up and I think they'll um they'll be too strong on that day South, yeah, definitely they compete in games so I expect the the caliber of players Macquarie's got coming back into that side especially being at home they're way hard to beat I, I think they'll probably get the points that day
2: Yeah, lovely, mate. We'll move on to the next one. We'll leave your game till last to have a quick run through, but next up we've got, and this one presents as an interesting one, it's Cessnock travelling down to Harker Oval. As we talked about before, West are are really starting to find some good form. Uh, They've got three on the trot, and they'll certainly be eyeing off this one, uh, taking on the reigning premiers as as a real, I guess, pace setter of whether or not they've got what it takes to mix it for finals football, and Cessnock welcome back in, Cameron King, Harry O'Brien at fullback, who was really good for them early in the year, and Jaden Young onto an extended bench. Uh, West remain unchanged from last week. So, do you think West can make it four on the trot, mate, uh, or is it going to be Cessnock ending their winning run?
3: Uh, it'll be tough, mate. Like, well, like we touched on, how well West are going. I guess what it is for them, it's a great test at this time of the competition. You've still got games up your sleeve, but if you really want to test yourself against the best, I, I really rate Central as one of the better teams in the comp. And, Mate, it's a, like I said, their young blokes are going to get a good experience. So, I, Personally, I think Central will turn up and get the points, but I think it'll be a really tough game. So, um, West and Cessnock there, mate? West
2: and Cessnock. Sorry, yeah, mate. that's all right. I, I, that'll, be,
3: that'll be a decent game. Um, Cessnock, actually a really good side. The one team that beat us. Um, they play some really good footy, expensive style footy as well with the halves. They've got Adrian Davis, mate, very creative. So, yeah, realistically, I think that'll actually be a close one. I, wouldn't, I would expect Cessnock to get the points, but I think it'll be a close encounter.
2: It's not bad when you can uh, list a bench, Jersey 14, Liam forum, Jersey 15, Scott Briggs. There's some, uh, some ball-playing ability to come in and impact uh, off the bench. And then, obviously, Adrian Davis already starting the game, so they've got some real creative strikes, Cessnock.
3: Mate, they, they can play footy from anywhere on the field, which we weren't against them. Um, honestly, you don't know what they're going to throw at you. There's an odd kick in over the top or whatever they play. They just love that expansive style game. So you're dead right, mate. The blokes you've named on the bench would be probably starting in any other side. So, they're very dangerous.
2: They certainly are. Let's have a look at the Sunday game, and then we'll jump back to the Bar TV match of the round. So the Sunday game is Central Newcastle. You talked about them just before. They're obviously quite a strong side. They welcome in uh, Randall Briggs, Dylan Pythian, and Jack Kelly. Uh, and then we've got Mitch Williams and Mao Uta moving out of the side. While for Curry, their opponents, they'll be missing Mitch Cullen, Jared Anderson. Uh, they welcome in Daniel P- Melmoth, and Henry Penn returns. Henry Penn, a big in back in the centres for them.
3: Yeah, Henry's he was one of our players last year. who played in our grand finaling side, so I'd say he's, a, he's a quality player. But... Um, yeah, unfortunately, Mitchie Cullen missing a, missing a week due to suspension will be a big loss for loss for Curry and I I really expect Central to be too big and strong and, and probably come away with that win. There, like you said, they've had the loss against us, and I think they're kind of clicked back into the gear. They had a bit of a scare at the first the first half. They went in um, down against Wong last week, I believe. So, mate, I think they'll turn up with a, a real steel mentality to um, to show their worth in the competition this weekend.
2: Yeah, certainly. I, I think uh, we'll, we will see um, Phil Williams having them fired up. He won't uh, like them having dropped the game to yourselves and then having a slow start against while and they can't afford to be doing that too often because it's not often that you'll come back from a slow first half as we talked about before, mate. But let's wrap it all up and I'll let you get to your Wednesday evening and undoubtedly enjoying an Origin game tonight, mate. And It is yourselves again at home this week. It's the Bar TV to his new match of the round and is hosting a Wong side whose ladder position probably belies the talent that we talked about before. Uh, They're sitting in sixth, but uh, certainly plenty of ability in that side. Uh, A few changes for them, including welcoming in Damon Goolagong and Isaac Blackall, your side currently named, as per last week.
3: Yeah, mate, I think we touched on it earlier. I think it'll be a really... A quality game of football. I, I, I rate Richie Williams really highly. He's their captain coach from nine. He steers the ship a lot, and they've got a they got a strong forward pack led by Magnus Strongquest who I've played against for yeah probably ten or eleven years at different kind of levels. He, he leads them well, and and they've got Terrence DC steering around. The they've got a really a really quality outfit. So and I know that they'll turn up to be physical. we played against them in a trial in torrential conditions, and it was a really tight game. It was really closely fought. So. In similar maybe conditions this week, I'm expecting a really a physical encounter. But I mean, what we're going to do is we're just going to again go into a game focusing on, our, on ourselves and our standards that we've set. And I've, we believe in the structures that we've got. And if we meet those targets, we, we're confident that we'll get the result on the day
2: lovely mate well just before we go it'd be remiss of me not to mention while i've got you on here um you've obviously talked about defense being the focus but at the moment you've got two of your outside backs who've been absolute guns and strikes sitting first and third on the leading or first and equal second on the leading try scorers race so um and those boys were both playing on the same edge last week mate so they might have been fighting for uh, the meat pies so it might be a little bit of an interesting race in two between those two just for the leading try scorer at the club with perry and james both uh picking up plenty, and uh, I know Tom Hughes in the games that he's played has sniffed about two and picked up five, so he'll, uh, if he could grab yeah. a, a few, then he'll uh, close in on them as well.
3: Absolutely, mate. There's, um, we're a very competitive backline getting tries in, that's for sure, because yeah, I think Terry went in at half-time last week with a hat-trick under his belt. Um, Jimmy's quite known for scoring tries from anywhere on the field, and you're throwing blokes like Matt Sopalola when he's back with us from the Knights again. He always seems to find a couple each game, but... Up forward, just do our best just to get one or two a game. That's, that's what we, we try and get on the, the score sheet as much as possible. That we're blessed with our outside back, that's for sure. And yeah, how they finish.
2: I did miss Matty Soper Lawler there. He's also on five from his few cameos, mate. But like uh, you say, as uh, somebody yeah. who played in the front row when I played, mate, if you get that one a season each in the forward pack and don't have to get uh, the gear off on Mad Monday, then it's a good result, right?
3: Oh, and it's always positive. So i have sat on two this year, so that'll do me. I'm happy just to get the kid on for a Mad Monday. It's always a positive.
2: Lovely, mate. Well, all the best this weekend. Good luck in the Bar TV match, of the round against Wong Maitland Sports Ground at 3 o'clock on Saturday. It'll be uh, worth the price of admission and uh, certainly worth getting down there. It'll be a cracking game. So appreciate your time, mate, and uh, look forward to catching up with either yourself or one of the other boys later in the season as undoubtedly you've piled on a few more Ws and a few more tries amongst your back line.
3: Not a drama, mate. Thank you for the support. I appreciate it. All
2: right. Thanks, Sam. Cheers, mate. All right, with a weekend off in the Newcastle and Hunter community, rugby league, men's and women's tackle and ladies' league tag grades, we decided we'd double down on our Newcastle and Hunter input this week and uh, have a bit of a catch-up on some of the women's action. And uh, we're fortunate enough to be joined by... Uh, someone who knows both the ladies' league tag and the women's tackle comps fairly well. She's none other than Aberglassen, Ant's president uh, and former Ant's women's tackle and ladies' league tag player and now West's ladies' tackle player, Ash Harvey. Ash, welcome back to the show.
0: Good afternoon. How are
2: you going? I'm good, good. Good to have you on the show again.
0: Thank you for
2: having me. No worries. You're a lady of many hats. We might start with the... um, the one that's a bit more uh, aqua rather than green and red, and uh, talk a bit about the uh, Aberglass and Ants. you are taking over the presidency out there. How's that going, balancing that with your playing, and and how's the club tracking with the three sides in 2021?
0: Uh, It can be full-on on uh, on weekends, for sure, but it's definitely worth it. Um, It's been a bit of a change from helping Nick out for the last four years and um, doing the big stuff now, which is good. Um, But we're pretty proud of our three teams at the moment. Um, ladies League Tag A, obviously, tracking really well in second place. Um, and then with our men's day, they're at fifth at the moment, I'm pretty sure. But obviously, uh, they'll, they perform at the back end of the season like always. So I'm sure they will do that this year. And our new team, uh, the C-grade Ladies League Tag. Uh, I swear every time I look at them, they're laughing, so they're enjoying their season at the moment.
2: I'm glad they're having a good time. And and realistically, they're only sitting one win out out of fifth place, so they're they're not that far away, uh, even though they may not have had as ideal a result so far as they may have wanted. So it's always good to see, so they're always within striking distance. Uh, But yeah, as you you say, the the, the club's been renowned over the last few years for some good success. You had three sides in grand finals last year, and as you talked about the... uh, the A-grade ladies' league tag girls have carried on even with a bit of a change in the guard with yourself and a couple of others uh, moving on to pursue some other opportunities and they're sitting equal first. And, and that competition, I um, actually saw Newcastle Uni take on Maitland on the weekend. That is absolutely red hot. The top four sides, Central and and both on 13, Maitland and Newcastle on 12. So it's a really close competition now. That they've brought the grade and the uh, Newcastle and Hunter competitions together. Yeah, it's definitely
0: um, been a step up for, for us. Um, going from the Newcastle Hunter comp to um, the Merge comp now but it's a challenge that we like
2: doing and we'll just keep training hard Lovely, well let's let's move away from those colours and we'll, we'll move down to uh, the uh, to Harker Oval and, and Western Suburbs, you've uh, moved down there for the women's tackle with the Ants not having a side this year what prompted the decision to go to West and, and how have you found it uh, joining probably one of the uh, more prestigious clubs historically in, uh, in Newcastle Rugby League?
0: Um, mostly for just friendship. Um, we, we met a few girls playing uh, rep together and obviously just made friendships with um, Nick and Raz and they asked if we could come down and we kept on saying no because we didn't want to give up hope for uh, Ants getting a team but uh, it is what it is and we decided to go down there and play and um, definitely from going from Aberglutton to the biggest club with most prestige club, probably it's massive difference.
2: Yeah, I can imagine I can imagine going from a, a fledgling, well, fledgling's probably a, a bit underselling Aberglassen now with the three sides, but certainly a club that you've been there since the uh, early days of and been very much part of the fabric of to a club that's been so long established in our competition. Um, there's, there's a lot of history and, and that that goes with West. but you, you've slotted in there and uh, barring a bit of injury the last couple of weeks, it looks like you've... Uh, found a second home at West and and the girls are going quite well. You're sitting in third at the moment. The ladder's showing you've got a game in hand against Tookely as well, which if you can win that one, which you'd probably go in as warm favourites, you'd pull level with Berkeley Vale. So um, pretty happy with how you're travelling so far in the season?
0: Um, Yeah, we had a first, um, uh, probably, I think it was the first three we got up and then we've been on a little bit of a down slope. but I'm sure we can work. We've got a big game next week. Um, and we'll just keep training for that, and hopefully get a W. Hopefully.
2: Yeah, certainly. Um, and we'll talk about last week's results in a moment. Uh, with your side going down in a close one, but again, there's there's not a huge amount on any given day separating some of these sides. Central and and Berkeley Vale have put some scores on some teams at different points, but you know you only sit two competition points behind Berkeley Vale and four behind Central. Macquarie just nipping at your heels as our South. So probably a fairly crucial run over the next few weeks to try and make sure you're winning more than you're losing. To Keep yourself in that sort of top three spot and that extra bite at the cherry come finals time.
0: Yeah, for sure. That's definitely uh, at the front of our minds. We know we have a game up our sleeves, but that doesn't mean that we have to um, have to hold off on other games.
2: Yeah, no, hundred percent. So let, let's have a look at last week's results, and uh, the, we'll go with the two Sunday games before we get back to yours and. Look, I'm pretty sure everyone would have been thinking Central or favourites going into their game against South, but to come out 52-0 winners was uh, probably a, a real display of, of how much Central have found their groove in the last few weeks.
0: Yeah, but, um, I was definitely not expecting that high of a score, but um, as you just said, Central are a pretty good team, and in this competition, you don't know who's in or who's out, and uh, they could be completely different teams one week from the other.
2: Yeah, certainly. And and speaking of big results, Berkeley Vale, who you'll come up against in the next round, 54-0 winners against Tookley. Tookley probably, um, you know, they they seem to be having a bit of a battle really holding it with those top sides in this grade at the moment. So uh, they've they've had a a bit of a tough year so far, but um, undoubtedly they'll be better for it come the end of the season. But Berkeley Vale, a red hot outfit on their day. Yeah, Berkeley
0: Vale, um, they've always been the benchmark. So Um, I'm sure Tookley turned up, but I'm sure Berkeley Vale had a a red-hot crack at it.
2: And the final game was on Saturday, and it was uh, your Western Suburbs Rosellas girls going out to Macquarie to take on Macquarie, who seemed to be getting better week by week looking at the results, and and they pipped you 14 points to 12. Um, So a nice nice close game, but unfortunately uh, the result not going the way you would have liked uh, and yourself still being out with injury. Probably would have been, I can imagine, a little frustrated watching on the sidelines and not being able to sort of do something to get involved and, and uh, alter that result.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, Macquarie just keep on improving and improving and they've got a good outfit. Um, lots of talented players. I think it was just a matter of time until they combine well and they obviously get in there, which is good. Uh, yeah, it was very frustrating, but that's footy. and come back bigger and better.
2: So um, we now we now heading into the the weekend off um, with all of Newcastle under having the buy across the long weekend. Is there uh, is there hope that you know? Obviously, we, as I said, you're out injured at the moment. I think you said to me off air that you're probably still another week or so away. Is there? Are you are you looking to welcome back many more, or is it just you're know, Just hoping that the side gels a little bit more as you head into the the back end of the season to really set your sights on on taking down those top two sides.
0: Um. We had a few out last week, but that's no excuse, we still lost, Um, but I think when we get everyone back, we'll find our groove again, and uh, yeah, we'll be better off for it.
2: Yeah, excellent, Um, and now, we have been keeping a bit of a a track of the uh, leading point scorer race in the women's tackle, it was neck and neck heading into two weeks ago, but before uh, you unfortunately uh, did your groin, you've been out for a couple of weeks, which is, given Tani Milgate a bit of a lead in the leading point score race, but yourself, Shannon Rose, Amy Waterhouse, and then uh, a number of others not far behind with a couple of the try scorers on eight and six tries respectively. But uh, yeah, that'll undoubtedly heat up and it's been uh, pretty impressive to see a couple of yourself and a couple of others getting right amongst plenty of points. So uh, I think you've got four tries in your name and, and a good handful of goals for the year. So considering you've played a few less games, you'd have to be reasonably happy with that
0: yeah i 'm happy and there 's always time for a comeback i guess
2: <laughs> You have to uh, get a few more few more close in kicks uh, so that you can uh, chase down Tani because she 's been absolutely nailing them from everywhere
0: yeah she she strikes them well
2: she certainly does uh, let 's have a quick look ahead to the games that are a week and a bit away and uh, i 'll get your thoughts on them and, and who you think will get the, the chocolates in them we 'll start with the the Saturday afternoon game down at Darren Kennedy Oval in Tookley and it'll be 12 o'clock, Tookley hosting South Newcastle. As we said, Tookley have had some challenges, but South sit just in front of them and, and if there's a chance for them to chalk that win at the moment, that's, this is probably their chance of an upset.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Tookley are coming well together, but um, South have got lots of talented players and uh, South will come away with the wind, I think. Probably a closer game for Tookley, I reckon.
2: Yeah, excellent. Uh, yeah, as you say, see us with, with plenty of players. We talked about Amy Waterhouse just then. She's, uh, when she's in for them, she makes a huge difference, but they've got talent across the park. They're a pretty good uh, unit from 1 to 13. We'll jump down to the Sunday morning game, which will be 11 o'clock, and it'll be Central hosting Macquarie. Macquarie, obviously, coming off that win against yourselves, and as we said, they're, they're ever improving, but this is going to be the real test for them um, against a, a firing Central side at St. John Oval on Sunday the 20th.
0: Yes, I def- definitely think Macquarie will have a hard game ahead, but um, Central, Central are just too strong at the moment, I think, for anyone to to catch them.
2: Yeah, excellent. And the next one, and I'm sure you're, uh, yourself and the uh, leadership group and the coaches will be undoubtedly scheming some ways to how you travel all the way down to Berkeley Vale on a Saturday afternoon and, and come away with the points. It's not going to be an easy effort, but it's... Uh, Certainly something that I don't doubt that your team will uh, have confidence that they've got the ability to do.
0: Yeah, I definitely think we'll go down there with the intention to win. Uh, I'm coming off from two losses now. It's it's either make it or break it. Um, But we've got a week and a half to prepare, and I think we'll be ready for it. The coach would be driving us at training uh, next week. So hopefully we get the, the dickies
2: lovely uh is it uh, is it a weekend off for you girls or will there be some training uh coming into the long weekend or what, what's the story out at west
0: uh we're just having a little bit of a bonding session on thursday night so taking it easy on the training and then weekend off and get back into it on tuesday night so pretty stock standard
2: lovely well there's plenty of games still to come in your competition including that catch-up game against too so undoubtedly as you said, eyeing off those top two, they've got the targets on their back and you get the best opportunity to uh, measure yourselves up in uh, a week and a half's time. So enjoy the bonding session, maybe not too much because I'm sure a couple <laughs> of the girls might have work on Friday. Um, but good. Um, en- enjoy the bonding session and uh, good luck for the rest of the year. And hopefully we can catch up with you and have a chat about how the ants are going as well as the uh, Rosella's girls uh, later in the season uh, as you're charging towards the finals and um, a date with Destiny with one of those top two sides.
0: Thank you, Chris.
2: A big thanks to Ash Harvey for her time talking women's tackle and the ladies' league tag Aberglassen scene. We're now fortunate to be joined by a man who, uh, well, he's certainly been on the show before, both in our our video sessions, some of our audio podcasts, as well as just being known in reputation as the inaugural League Castle Bachelor of the Year. Uh, I don't know whether he'll be throwing his hat in the ring should we run it for a second year running, but... uh, He's uh, a well-sought-after man. He's uh, running around now with South Newcastle after a year uh, over at the university. He's none other than Dwayne Sambo Samson. Sambo, thanks for a little bit of your time, mate.
4: Not a problem, brother. It's uh, good to be back, mate. Good to be back.
2: Yeah, I, I, I still hear you. Um, you're still um, being told by Jared Rodimer that uh, if he had been single, he would have knocked you off for that crown. Is that right?
4: Mate, he's brought it up quite a few times, actually. He said, basically, I'm living on his co-tail, so he's, I'm only mates with him because of his blue eyes and, um, you know, his, his ability to uh, pull the ladies. So uh, he takes full credit for that award, mate.
2: Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because, you know, like I've heard uh, in recent dispatches, mate, that he's uh, trying to aspire after your uh, front rower's body type. Mate,
4: he is. Um, He'll probably make Brendan look like the halfback soon. Uh, <laughs> <I> spoke, <laughs> I spoke, Jared's, uh, Brendan's been tra- training the house then, and, uh, you know, Jazz has, I've, I've said to him, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's, he's looking more like a back row every day.
2: I have to say on Brendan Rodemar, he's uh, currently leading the race for the funniest person I've refereed this year. He was very entertaining the other day at Cardiff over when I had you boys. So, um, yeah, he's good value. Is Brendan. Both the boys are. got good sense of humour. So, I'm sure Jared will have a laugh if uh, he can take time away from looking at himself in the mirror to listen to this, mate.
4: Uh, 100% Reeves taking all the mirrors down, so you should have time, yeah. Have.
2: Yeah, lovely. Lovely, mate. Let's let's have a t- chat about South Newcastle. Uh, how's it been, mate, going back to Souths and uh, being amongst it uh, with the A-grade, uh, the old open-grade side as it would be? Uh, you guys have had a few challenges with some really good sides in that comp, but uh, it seems like you've got a, a pretty good core bunch of blokes uh, running around there in the red and white.
4: Oh, oh 100%, mate. Look, it's good to be home. Um, you know, we won a comp back here in 18, but, you know, uh, the likes of Reece and, and Hoppy and you know the guys I played a lot of football with and against over the years. It's really good to be back home at South. Um, we would have came back uh, last year, but as we know with the restructure of the grades and that, um, sort of us older guys that are not as fit made as we used to be. Um, we 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 made a sort of a choice that we didn't want to play reserve grade uh, last year to take the you know opportunity away from those younger blokes. So it uh, worked out well that um you know uh, Uni was sort of struggling for numbers at the time. They were going to fold um but we decided to come over to help them get through the year and also help them with a, with a major sponsor with Town Hall. we got them on board as well. From So it sort of helped us and helped them. But uh, as of the day, mate, it's good to be home with the boys.
2: Yeah, lovely, mate. It's, it's great to see, obviously, yourself and uh, Bones and Hoppy and some of those others that you mentioned there. I, I did very much miss the company of Reese Hayne the other week when I refereed you. That was uh, It was very quiet out there without him. But, uh, mate, uh, it's great to see a lot of those boys back in the red and white and all together, you know, you guys that have gone through together. So it's great to see. And... Mate, I think you add, add a good element to that A-grade competition. How have you found it so far? We, you know, we obviously know that it's the usual suspects that are going to be up, up and about. But who who's probably you know outside of the, the Dora Creeks and the Thornton, and the Grand Finals from last year, which sides have impressed you? And, and who do you think can make a run from here? Obviously, I'm I'm sure you guys are, are eyeing off it, a bit of an improvement in your form as well.
4: 100%, mate. Look, I, I, you know, we've played in this comp, you know, the last two years with it with Uni and with Waratah and back in I think 2017 with South. But I, like, uh, my best. Mate, this is the hardest comp we have played in so far. Um, you never have an easy week. Um, it, it doesn't matter, you know, who you're playing against. Um, but you know, we've seen the resurgence of uh, Newcastle. Uh, sorry, the Northern Hawks. You know, they've included, you know, the likes of made outstanding players and Josh Griffiths and uh, and and Greg Morris as well as Joey Griffiths and then um, you know those sort of guys. You got um, uh, Freddie Sione. Freddie Sione's playing front row up there from an new mate. was one of the best young front rows coming through the grades south. And when, all, when uh, back in my younger days. Um, I think they're they're a side that they can put it together. They can they can go on a really good run, and I hope it's not this weekend when they play us. But um, you know they're, they're they're definitely up there. But the Thornton's and and uh, Thornton Beresford still uh, defending premiers. We play them very fit and very um very aggressive side too.
2: They certainly are. I've seen them a couple of times myself, and they're they're, um, yeah, they're quite switched on, and they can take you on through the middle or on the outside edges. Let's have a quick run through the results from last week, mate. Um, and you talked about the Northern Hawks. They had a fairly high-scoring affair, which uh, I was up there for in the middle, and, and you took in 32-24 against Curry, mate. Uh, what did you take away from this? Curry showed a fair bit of grit, I thought. And Northern Hawks, uh, um, there was a fair bit of what you'd probably call, and probably not unexpectedly, uh, sort of knockout-style football that they were playing at different points.
4: 100% mate. I snuck up there and I actually ran into Ben Smith. Um, he sort of runs the Newcastle also, as well as the Northern also up on the Quinny up there and uh, saw me spying around. I uh, stood up on on the sideline there with uh, Uncle Wales and uh, mate, I, the, the game was pretty entertaining. Um, I spoke with the club president of Curry before the ground before the game and he actually advised that just the way they're going with numbers that, that could potentially be one of their last games that they're going to play in this comp. And I hope I hope that's not true. Curry had mate a, a lot of competition, and they're they're really good side. But um, yeah, just watching the game, I just thought um, Curry showed a lot of spirit, a lot of fire through that middle. Um, they just keep coming all day, and I think that's where the Northern Hawks lacked. Uh, was around the middle. Uh, the boys and a uh, bit, bit um, rich for me to say, were probably a bit unfit and a bit slow around the middle uh, for their pack, and they just, um, they just. Yeah, you know, with the ball just left and right, they weren't hitting points, but, you know, when you've got guys on the left and right like Josh G. Griffiths and, and Greg Morris, it'd be silly not to hit them, so I think they will just play into their strengths, the Hawks.
2: The yeah, that they certainly were, and yeah, as you say, when you've got, you know, Greg Morris and uh, Josh Griffiths, and you've got the uh, ball-playing ability of Joey Griffiths there, they're, uh, they certainly uh, were, were throwing it about, and um, then you're throwing a, a bit of magic from Richie LeBrock every now and then, uh, who we know the ability he's had over the years in this competition as well, and Mate, they've got plenty of talent in their side. Uh, as you said, fitness maybe uh, something that they can probably improve on. But it's, it's scary when you saw they probably they probably left a couple of tries out there on Friday night. That to they think they've got more points in them.
4: Exactly. I right, mean, and all I'm watching and I'm thinking, you know, they're they're the, they're the next team we've got to play. And um, you know, we're playing up there at their home ground, and uh, we sort of uh, we played them, and they, they they only had 13 players last time we played them at Towns and Over, so they'll be looking to give it to us. When we get up there, without a doubt, um, you know we we put the cleaners through, not convincingly either. Last time we played them, so with those guys, then as you know, mate, we're all pretty close. Uh, We're all either related or really good mates with a lot of people in that team. So it'll be, uh, it'll be one for the ages, I think, next weekend, and I hope, I hope we get the win.
2: Yeah, certainly, mate. Uh, The other results before we get back to your game, Dora Creek, uh, probably not surprisingly, got their second win of the season over Cardiff, 42-16, a much improved effort from Cardiff on their first-round clash. And Thornton Beresfield also made it two from two against Belmont South, uh, just further underlining their premiership credentials. And uh, yourselves went down by just a couple of tries to Northern Lakes, who... Been uh, quite impressive. They've not knocked, knocked off Dora Creek already this year, and they sit second on the ladder. So you'd probably be pretty happy to have been, um, I guess, in the contest with them. Although you'd be much happier if you had it pulled away with two points.
4: Yeah, mate, for sure. Um, we started off. I think we scored the second set, um, and we did that against Cardiff too. And I think we just sort of took a foot step a bit, and sort of, you know, thought it was going to be easy, and which just you know, uh, not the right attitude to take against a quality side like uh, like Northern Lakes. Um, we we actually you know we, we planned to go out there and give them a really good run for their money. Um, so they, they give it to us round one up there. Ah, oh, sorry, down there it's uh, their home ground. But mate, they were just really physical, really uh, really big side. Um, and they just they're really smart side too. A lot of their guys are a bit old, a bit more mature, and they just they, they took advantage of our um, you know, our weaknesses, which was um, you know, edges at the time.
2: Yeah, they certainly are a fairly experienced side. And I think the big thing that stood out for them looking at, you know, sort of that, that you know, if you take out the the, the, uh, the top two sides, the, the difference between sometimes, especially, you know, the middles and edges between your starting players and your bench players, you don't really see a lull or a change for them, um, whereas most of the other sides, you know, well, it might not be significant, but there might just be at different points, you know, you'll bring on a player who might just be, you know, without wanting to... Um, to denigrate from a player, you know, you might have some of the guys on there who might be, you know, a genuine B grader as opposed to a, you know, a, a you know, an A grade middle and, and you just see, you know, sometimes it means that they're not winning as many of the rucks and those sorts of things. And that's where teams start to get a roll on. Northern Lakes just seem to have absolute depth for days in, in a lot of positions.
4: hundred percent. They just had massive boards. Um uh, they number nineteen I didn't catch his name, mate. He was massive. He didn't have a lot of fitness, but he had massive amount of size and you know, the likes of, you know, I'm on the, I'm on the field at the same time as and, uh, and Ruthie Hayne, and we just struggled to uh, to contain him. A lot of times, he was either standing and offloading or, you know, he'd um, be standing and playing the ball. There wasn't too much getting him on his back. And, you know, he was their number 19. So, you know, their starting pack uh, again, were, were awesome. And, uh, you know, their 14 to 15 coming off the bench as well are really, really good in the forward. So, mate, you hit the nail on the head. They're, they're, they're a quality A-grade side from from 1 to 19 for sure.
2: Yeah, certainly are, and uh, they'll catch some teams unawares as they did to Dora Creek earlier in the year, so it's no mean feat knocking off that Dora Creek side. Speaking of, mate, uh, we do have the weekend off this week, but uh, I'm sure there'll be a few weary bodies from a few of these physical encounters resting up and getting ready as we head into round nine and the uh, the second half of the year, mate, and uh, it does, does kick off with three games all on Saturday afternoon before yourselves on Sunday. Saturday afternoon, it starts with Cardiff versus Thornton, mate. Now, Cardiff they're probably not sitting in the best spot at the moment. Well, you know, that, that could possibly be an understatement. They're sitting down with just the two wins to their name alongside the Northern Hawks. But as you guys found out a couple of weeks ago when I had you against them, um, they probably had, had you guys on the ropes for, for a good period of that game. And, uh, you, you know, on their day, I think they can certainly rattle anyone, especially at Cardiff Oval. It's not an easy place to go to. Cardiff is a
4: side that I've played uh, quite a few uh, games against. And it doesn't matter where they're sitting, man. They just keep coming. Um, they've got an, it probably one of the best, um, full backs, you know, I've played against with the young Freddie um, yeah. at the full-back room. Mate, one of our game plans was, mate, we're kicking low and long into the corners. If we put the ball up, you know, Freddie's catching out of the sky, he's, you know, he's sprinting through our defence um, and I've seen him do it many, many times. He's a great play, Freddie. They've got, um, you know, Geno at halfback and he's the general and, the, you know, he's the uh, the aggressor. You know, mate, we're, You know, really good mates and but we're always in each other's face but I think Cardiff—they've just got a lot of guys there that's got to of play for each other, and they've got a really strong bond. And um, mate, oh, I walked away from that game feeling very sore and sorry um, after you know a close
2: win like that. Yeah, you're certainly right. Um, they've got some uh, some gun strike players and you know as you said broken field play freddie campbell there's a reason he was in the rep side previously just purely because that he's that perfect sort of matt bowen utility style if you give him a broken line then you know you're probably not going to uh, see much more of him other than the back of him darting away from you and once it once he's got past you you're not running him down that's for sure so um uh, when you've got yeah freddie playing at one and then uh, as you said uh, some of the uh, aggression that they've got through their forward pack and um, they've got some really good forwards there. They can, if they turn up on their day, they, they're going to surprise a few sides. So Thornton will definitely need to be uh, turning up, mate. But uh, who will you be tipping in this one? Do you think?
4: It's, it's down at Cardiff, and Cardiff, um, you know, been having you know, a, a bit, a bit, a bit of a hard run down there. But um, I'm going to go the underdogs here. I'm going to go Cardiff at home, and uh, I think I think they're due for a win. The boys, I think they um, they they love to stand up against the top sides, and you know, you can't get any yeah uh, better side than this side. So I'm, I'm going to take Cardiff.
2: Lovely, mate. Let's have a look at the 3 o'clock games. There's two games at 3 o'clock. The first is a top-of-the-table clash. It's Dora Creek. Uh, they are hosting Northern Lakes. Only three losses between them uh, through their 16 combined games uh, this year. Dora Creek, you wouldn't think uh, at home uh, that, that they'd get beaten very often and certainly they'd be smarting from the fact that Northern Lakes have already beaten them once this year. This is a bit of a local derby as well as a top-of-the-table clash.
4: Oh, mate, this, this is a top-of-the-table clash that I wish I could see if I wasn't playing, but... Um I was talking to uh, Sean Metcalf the other day down at Townsend Abel. Mate, he's pumped for this game. Um, I think all, all the Dora Creek boys are. They're a pretty, pretty proud bunch, um, especially Brad and um, you know, the guys that have been there for a very long time. And They don't like to uh, get their pants pulled down uh, too often and it uh, that, that won't happen at home. So, yeah, I think the, I think the Dora boys will have this.
2: They certainly will, mate. You might be able to sneak down there. It looks like your game's scheduled for Sunday, which we'll get to in a minute. The other Saturday game, and I saw this one earlier in the season when Belmont uh, took on Curry up at Curry, as you said. Curry really struggle for numbers, especially if they do have to play on a Saturday. The Friday nights suit them a lot better, I think, and we've seen them put up a good fight against uh, both Northern Hawks and Northern Lakes. Uh, in the last few weeks, on a Friday night, so they're going to really struggle with that trip down to Lanigan Oval uh, to take on Belmont South and Belmont South after a second loss to uh, Thornton Beresfield will be will be back up for this one and wanting to put some points on and make sure that they um, stay up amongst the uh, ladder leaders in that top three or four spots.
4: Yeah, I was pretty surprised actually to see um, uh, Belmont drop the last uh, two games coming through. Well, you know when we played and made again probably the most physical team I played against. Um, you know, you know the likes of Chop in there and Cade and uh, Maddie and a few of those other guys. But um, I think that you know they've had a bit of a you know a bit of a slump in in uh, in form the last two weeks. I don't see it happening again. Um, I see I see the guys picking it up and, and, and really giving it to them. And again with um, you know poor old Curry, um, and I hope they stay in the competition. I hope they find some places. It's very important for those guys and uh, in that club to be involved with this competition. And um, but yeah, I don't see them uh, getting over belly on this one.
2: Yeah, you're certainly right about that uh, physicality with uh, the the Belmont South side. When you got a bloke like Josh Charles playing at five eight, he can hit. You have got Cade Snowden, Troy Toby, Aaron Morris, and Matt Hilder in your forward pack. Uh, you talk about being sore coming off against Cardiff. You, you're gonna know if you've uh, decided to take it on through the middle against Belmont South. That's for
4: sure. 100%. Chop that he's swinging arms, mate. He loves that he loves me, so, um, mate, couldn't find a nicer bloke on off the field and on the field, mate. He wants to be into me, but I love Chop and, uh, mate, he, he's a great leader out there.
2: Like yourself and some of these other names that we've thrown out there, he's a great character. I had the good fortune of playing a year at Lakes with him. Uh, and uh, if you've got beer or KFC, he will be your best friend outside of the field, <laughs> that's for
4: sure. Yeah,
2: 100%, 100%. I think he's single-handedly kept KFC at Belmont in business for a number of years and he'll, he'll own up to that. There was a rumour going around
4: there that he was a private sponsor, but yeah.
2: <laughs> it's what transformed him, transformed him from a centre to a forward, that's for sure. The final match of the round, mate, let's have a look at it. It is Northern Hawks. Uh, hosting your South Newcastle Lions, there's going to be, uh, I'm sure there'll be a lot of love lost in the white lines. But as soon as you come off, there'll be a lot of good mates with some yarns for sure. Uh, it's a great rivalry between a lot of boys that get to play knockout football with each other as well. But uh, it'll be attacking football, that's for sure. You guys don't die wondering, neither will they. And um, up there at Tomaree, it's a great place to uh, to pull on the boots and play footy. And it's been a few years since we've seen a lot of senior footy up there at uh, Tomaree Sports Ground. Yeah, hundred
4: percent. Man, I- I'm. I'm- this is probably one of the games that I was really, really look forward to. Just the fact of the matter of the, you know, the closest of the, of the two uh, two playing groups um, up there. Uh, I love going to Tomaree, um, and it's been a while since I've got the other than the trials, but in a, in a, in a normal competition game. Um, I'm expecting a really big clash. i been expecting their forwards to really, really aim up uh, where they, you know, sort of fell down last last time we played at Towns and Abel. But I'm expecting our guys as well. Our guys have been of noticed, especially our outside backs to really miss their game and help our forward pack. Our forward pack has probably been chopping and changing last three, week, three weeks. So we're trying to, you know, settle on a um, on a nice squad. But uh, this will be the game for us, really, the test. Uh, you know, if, we, if we're going to go through um, and and be a, um, a force into the final, so uh, it's got it's a big test for us up there for sure.
2: It certainly will be, mate. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I reckon a Rhys Hayne double double will be the magic that you need mate, Rhysane has been
4: putting his hand up for 5'8 the last few weeks. So, um, he's been saying that Mac and Jose haven't been cutting it. So, uh, he's ready to go. <laughs> I
2: love it. I love it. There'll be a lot of crash balls off the scrum if he's standing at 5'8". Uh, <laughs> mate, good luck. Good luck. Enjoy your weekend off. I think the good news for you, since you're looking forward to playing at Tomaree, is I just looked ahead in the draw and round 16, the final round of the season, you're up there again. So, you're going to get two more hit-outs up there this year. Um, and, you know, you'll undoubtedly be, be fit as a fiddle by round 16, peaking ready for the finals and... You know, at the end of the day, there's a good chance, looking at the way the form they're in and uh, where you guys are sitting, that uh, depending on results, that could even be a, a finals game before the finals in round 16. So uh, a good chance for you to get to play them twice on the way home, mate. But a big thank you for your time tonight. Good luck, uh, as I said, yeah, rest up this weekend and good luck next weekend. Uh, and uh, hopefully I'll get to uh, catch up with you boys around the traps in the not-too-distant future.
4: Not a problem, mate. Yeah, always good to come on. And, uh, yeah, good, uh, good to catch up with you, brother.
2: A big thanks to Dwayne Sampson there from South Newcastle's A-grade side. And now it's that time when we uh, close out the show and we welcome back our stats guru and NRL aficionado, Josh Spiegelman back with us. Uh, mate, let's start with some origin. Uh, you certainly would have enjoyed the game last night, I'm assuming.
1: Oh, mate, it was unbelievable. Uh, biggest margin of victory by an away team in the history of the series, interstate series. So can't go past that as the, the leading off stats.
2: Yeah, certainly right. And uh, I think I think the maths works out to about $1.25 million per point that Anastasia Palachuk paid for the uh, six points that Queensland could score. So uh, there's there's any number of jokes we could uh, run with here. I think one of the best I've heard, though, is that uh, police have set up a number of speed traps around Suncorp Stadium just to make sure that no one goes over 50 in a couple of weeks' time. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's a good one, mate. I saw another good one about um, getting up at 5.10. Because, yes. Because uh, 50 to 60.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, and I, I like Queensland Police also put up something asking about uh, basically their missing team. So uh, great, great. To see everyone's got a bit of a sense of humour, and uh, certainly hope that uh, should the shoe be on the other foot after game two, fingers crossed it's not that uh, the New South Wales fans take it as well as most of the Queenslanders have. But it was an absolutely clinical performance. Some amazing debuts from uh, certainly Luai and Toto for mine, and uh, yeah, phenomenal Tommy Trebovich's second Origin hat trick to lead us to that fifty to six win and. I don't think it was even a question. I mean, I sat, I sat around and watched the extra 40 minutes of coverage just to see him confirmed as man of the match last night, but I don't think it was in any doubt after about uh, after full-time that there was anyone else that was going to take that award.
1: No, nah, I mean, Luttrell pushed him a little bit early on, but he just ran away with it, Tommy. He was just so influential. Uh, I said last week on the podcast our backline was superior, and that proved to be the case, you know, with Turbo and Luttrell, the obvious standouts, but... You know, I love Blue Eyes ball playing. Chris passing out the back, paired really well with Cleary. Obviously, as we've seen for the Panthers, um, yeah, it was just brilliant to watch, mate. As that's the highest points total from a Blues team since 2000, when it was captained by Fitler, we beat the Maroons 56-16. So, yeah, backline was on fire.
2: They certainly were, and uh, some other standouts. I don't think I've seen Tariq Sims pass the ball that far in his whole career, and he just found found toe. Uh out there just in, with miles of space for that second try. So um, I think it was one of those nights where not only did the Blues play well, but a lot of the bounces of the ball uh, certainly certainly went their way. Like plenty of other times that ball goes from Sims, either goes flying over the touchline or doesn't carry the distance and things like that.
1: Yeah, mate. Tarek Sims, I'll be the first one to say, prove me wrong in this match. You know, I thought he was more likely to get probably sent off or sin binned and deliver some good quality balls. Um like I said last week on the podcast, I also said I thought Queensland's forward pack you know, looked better on art and paper. And well, I was totally wrong about that one. And I was happy I was. Um, yeah, it was just uh, great to see some dominance from certain players. Uh, do you want me to go through a couple that I thought was Yeah, fire
2: through while you're going, mate. Keep going.
1: Yeah, so I, I thought, yeah, obviously Payne Haas was just great when he came on. He dominated the rock with some quick play the balls. And, you know, Daniel Safiti, hardworking as usual showed great aggression. He, he made more metres than any other forward in that opening half while the game was still a contest. Um, and on the flip side, I know, obviously he was rewarded with that great try at the end there too with a great photo of him standing over a defeated Tino um, who I thought had a minimal impact for Queensland. You know, He talked a bit of the talk but he couldn't walk the walk. So yeah, Queensland forward pack just ultimately dominated. Although we should know that they did lose Christian Welsh early with a HIA and he didn't return. So that forced people like Joe Off and Gowie to play more minutes who just, I don't think are up to that origin level. So that'll obviously be different in game two. Fingers crossed we don't get anyone knocked out again like um, Teddy. But, uh, yeah, mate, positive signs for game two and three.
2: Certainly is. Uh, I, I will give a rap to, to Mo Fodawaker. I thought he was quite good in a losing side for them, uh, getting through some extra work for a young guy. Uh, and, and a big rap to Cam Murray. He didn't do a lot with the ball, but... He just wrapped David Fafita every time around the leagues. Fafita a couple of times was sort of going backwards when he got the ball, which I don't think helped his cause. But yeah, Cam Murray was very effective on him, and uh, both their starting back rowers were who were both very talented footballers. Kafusi and Fafita were probably very quiet by their own standards, but as you say, they certainly miss Welsh, and I think they'll be. Uh, chomping at the bit to welcome back in Josh Papali'i for the uh, next game. I know my Raiders certainly are this week, so he'll be a big in for them and uh, we can't take them lightly because they won't play at that level again. I don't think they're forward pack.
1: No, mate, out of respect for that jersey, I don't think they'll play again like that. Um, I'm hoping you know, Papali, he doesn't have a great game for the Raiders. I'm sure you will. He's obviously going to get picked anyway, but you know, hopefully a 79-minute suspension or something.
2: Who knows? <laughs> oh, I don't wish that on the poor bloke. Um, I, I'd love to beat Queensland's absolute best side. That That's the one thing for me. Like, as much as you like to see, you know, that they, they're missing a few keys, you know, it's a much sweeter victory when you know they've, you know, got the absolute best side. And and to be realistic, I don't think coming into that game outside of maybe Ponga and um, Papali'i that there was anyone else that they would have put into that squad that, that stands out for me.
1: Yeah, I agree with that, mate. Obviously, those were two big losses, but um, yeah, we'll take that slogging and we'll move on to game two.
2: Nice and
1: up. um, sorry, mate.
2: Yeah, all right. Keep going, mate.
1: Yeah, you know, I was just going to say, I thought it was a bit, it's a pretty big test to repeat the performance at SunCorp. I noted the betting's got us at a dollar forty-five and only a dollar eight to win the series now. So, obviously, in the bookies' favour. I'd love to wrap it up in game two though, because um, I read that we've won just five of twenty-one Origin deciders so far. So. Yeah, game two, uh, pretty
2: important for us, obviously. Yeah. yeah, I've got tickets to game three, but uh, heading into last night, I was hoping that the series was alive. But now that we've got one, I'll, I'll take it being a dead rubber in our favour. So <laughs> um, there's the one-eyed blue in me. Uh, but yeah, certainly, uh, as you say, we're going to have our work cut out going down to Suncorp and uh, it'll be interesting to see what sides uh, turn up you'd expect that uh, barring injury or suspension that our 1-17 to will be... Uh, very much the same. I, I certainly think the uh, the Queensland selectors will also have an eye on whether or not Reid Marnie's going to be back from that shoulder complaint. I'm not sure on the full full duration of that injury um, because there seemed to be some. You know, AJ Brimson didn't really get an opportunity to really do too much there, and Harry Grant was obviously a little bit below par, but. Uh, We'll watch this space and uh, come back to have a look at game two in, in a week and a half's time, mate. Um, I certainly uh, jumped on a little bit of the plus eight when the bookies opened with it for Queensland because I don't think the uh, market will close there and might be a nice little gap by the time the uh, betting closes, I think.
1: Yeah, you can definitely get some value on that early line, mate. And uh, back on that Reid-Marnie point, I, I wouldn't be surprised even if he's not fit that Ben Hunt moves to that 14 because I think he could add a bit more for them uh, than Brimson.
2: Yeah, certainly. We'll have a look at that when the teams get named in about a week or so's time. But uh, let's jump into this round of the NRL and it kicks off Friday night at the newly named Four Pines Stadium. Uh, The Manly have gone away from the uh, horrific name, even if they were one of my former employers of just calling it Lotto Land. Uh, And nothing like a stadium sponsored by either a bookie or a beer company. So they've gone with a beer company and a local one there. So... Manly Seagulls hosting the North Queensland Cowboys. It'll be interesting to see whether the uh, the Manly Origin players and the Cowboys ones back up. The Cowboys will hope, be hoping that if Kyle Felt does back up, it's not the same Kyle Felt that turned out for the Maroons last night.
1: Yeah, the Cowboys have just been let off the hook today because Felt has been ruled out after copying a knee to the back, apparently, during Origin. Um, and as of now, Manly's players are backing up, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Tommy Turbo have a rest after that epic performance. So... Obviously, these tips this week are going to hinge on some late late outs, late in. So, don't take our word for gospel, maybe, if you hear it right now. But, um, yeah, uh, monitor those teams. Uh, For this one, I'll be tipping Manly for now.
2: Yeah, I'll certainly be taking Manly. I think even if uh, uh, Tom or Jake was to sit, if both of them were to sit out, it might uh, cause a little bit of reconsideration. But I think at home and in the form they've been in, taking out that Newcastle anomaly, even that they weren't that far away on, I think... uh, you certainly got to have a look at the the, um, the Sea Eagles here at home. So let's move on to the later game tomorrow evening, and that'll be uh, the Sharks hosting the Panthers at uh, Net Strata Jubilee in Cogra. The Panthers will have a host of players potentially backing up while the Sharks are uh, you know obviously on the better side of this, mate. So the betting market has Panthers still as significant favourites even after that first loss of the season and uh, a good handful of players looking to back up on a short turnaround.
1: Yeah, if you want some early value here, uh, maybe take the Sharks on the plus. Um, With Ivan Cleary deciding on Thursday evening, I heard if the Panthers players will be backing up or not. Obviously, pretty simple tip here. If they back up, the bulk of them, especially Cleary after that uh, nasty cut on his cheek that was ruled out to be a facial fracture, which was lucky. Um, Yep, tip the Panthers. If not, I'm actually going to tip the Sharks again, like I tipped the Tigers last week.
2: Yeah, certainly interesting to see, mate. Uh, they're all named, I think, on the bench, on the extended bench. So he, Ivan Cleary said he would, if in doubt, uh, look to rest players. So, um, yeah, certainly one worth watching. But, uh, look, if they all turn up, and even if they play at 80% of their potential, I don't see what's been a, a pretty mediocre shark side thus far this year um, rolling them. So, yeah, if you've got, again more than half backing up, uh, then I'd certainly be having a look at uh, where we sit and um, be tipping the Panthers at this stage. So we'll move on to Saturday afternoon's game and we start off with, again, a side that is in an unusual position with players potentially backing up, the Gold Coast Titans hosting the Sydney Roosters. Uh, The Titans, $3.75 outsiders, and you can almost get, if you sniff about the right places, two converted tries as your line. So... Certainly a consideration there, mate. Uh, would you be taking the plus twelve? I can't imagine you'll be tipping the Titans to win outright.
1: Yeah, I think I'll um I'll probably take the Roosters and the Roosters line here. I just read something earlier that um your mate Mo Potawaka he just gave props to. He's actually been ruled out for a um, dangerous contact charge from Origin, so he will be absent. Ah, uh, for Peter, we don't know if he's going to play or not. Yeah, I think the Roosters here will, will be too strong. Uh, Titans' defense in recent times has been pretty ordinary for mine, so I'm going to go the Roosters.
2: Yeah, I'll be, I'll be with you there. I think um, the 12 was was tempting, um, but again, Awaker with that charge and the uncertainty around for feeder. If you lose both of them, that's a big out for their forward pack as we saw in their last hit out. So uh, it'll be a Roosters for me. The next one, mate, it is your Knights, and we, we very much brushed straight past their result from last week, and I'm sure you don't need to flash back to it. You've rubbed it out with memories of origin instead. Uh, the Knights coming back to take on the Rabbitohs down in the state's capital. And, look, the, as we said, the Knights haven't been in great form there. And they'll be uh, looking at whether or not uh, that one try hero Daniel Safidi, backs up. He'll be the, uh, the main one to watch in terms of origin for them. Uh, obviously, the Rabbits have got Latrell Mitchell as, as a key watch as well, uh, alongside Sua, and um, we'll also have Arrow. So Sewer back into the team from reserve grade. Has, has Arrow been named?
1: Uh, yeah, uh, the news is that Gagai and Arrow are both rested. The others should play.
2: Yeah, beautiful. I, could say, I knew there was someone else I was missing, so it's Gagai. So Gagai and Arrow, although Tane Milne did, did an absolutely ex- excellent job of uh, filling in in, in recent times. So uh, they're not going to lose a lot with uh, Dane Gagai, especially the form he was in last night. But uh, the Knights, can they bounce back, mate? Uh, you're, you're always a very optimistic man when it comes to your Knights, but what are we expecting to see here?
1: Mate, you've set me up on a pedestal there. I, I expect this to be kind of a training run for South, to be honest, mate. I, I've seen it before when an understrength nice team goes to ANZ. Yeah, they were pretty pretty bang on awful last week to concede that many points on Old Boys Day and there could have been more scored, I thought, by the Eels. Uh, it was pretty bad. You know, you don't have to start a line-up to have that sort of terrible first contact near the line and just attitude and grit. So. That didn't impress me much at all. Um, I think South here, I'm not sure of the exact line. I'm just having a look now. 17 and a half, I'd probably take that for to South too, to be honest. Um, d tackle will cycle back up. Uh, positive note, I-, I am looking forward to see Crossland pair with Clifford in the halves. Could be a little snapshot of the future there. I thought Clifford's kicking game was one of the um, highlights of, of the last game, even though he kicked one out in the full, I thought some of the bombs he just effortlessly puts up I think that's like Pierce's hamstrings that can't do that after the last five years or so. So, um, yeah, that, that's promising, mate. Um, Tuala to the wing, Kurt Mann to the centres. And I think that's probably his best position, to be honest. So I remember a game against South a few years ago. It's either South or the Eels. He got put on the wing and got absolutely massacred. And in the halves, he just hasn't been delivering. So, positive adjustments for the best O'Brien can do. Ponga and Pierce still about a week or so away. So, yeah, as I said, South with the line, I think.
2: Yeah, um, I just hope that Braden Musgrove's work on his tackling from last week because that was pretty mediocre on the other edge. So, But yeah, I agree. There's a reason Kurt Mann played in the centres for Melbourne. Um, you can generally take a tip from what uh, Craig Bellamy does uh, in most cases. But, uh, mate, and uh, we, we uh, I- interestingly enough, I thought this was a really interesting stat last week, was two clubs in the NRL both um, brought in their first ever father-son players. So one of those was the Gold Coast Titans, obviously founded way back in 1999. I think they made their debut in 2000 uh, versus the Newcastle Knights, who started in 1988. It's amazing to think that what are we thirty? The 34th season it's taken before they've racked up a father-son combination playing for the club.
1: Yeah, it's taken a while, but it, it was amazing to see. You know, the, probably one of the biggest cheers of the day is when um, Jack Johns came on, obviously. You know, de- uh, debut for the club in in a bloodbath. So not the best way to make it. And also Matt Croker making his debut too. But um, yeah, it's lovely to see. And I thought young Campbell played pretty well for the Titans as well. So he's got a bright future, I think.
2: Yeah, certainly plenty of promise there. Jack obviously racking up his third first grade game, but his first for the club. So great to see. And hopefully we'll see uh, many more second generation players come along. Uh, but yeah, I'm with you, mate. I think it's the rabbits by how much here. So. That'll be our Saturday evening. Saturday night, we will see my Raiders take on the Broncos. I tell you what, if we can't win this one, we are in licorice all sorts. Uh, I don't know about the thirty nine being value, but um, yeah, I'm certainly on the Raiders here. I think if we can just shut down Albert Kelly, um, then then that'll be half, half the battle done, Or that will be interesting to see the man partnering him in the halves, returning after I think it's 12 years out of action in the NRL, Carmichael Hunt.
1: Yeah, what a throwback with this halves combination. Carmichael Hunt, Albert Kelly. That takes you back, like you said, at least a decade or around about. roundabout. Uh, the other side of the ball, I'm looking forward to see Matthew Tomoko play in the centres after, as I'm sure you'd like to address, Curtis Scott's latest off-field indiscretion.
2: Look, um, yeah, I don't know what to say. At the end of the day, Curtis Scott just, you know, again, the Melbourne Storm were ready to part ways with him. It wasn't so much that we signed him, they were just ready to offer him out. And if I can give any club's recruitment gurus, because they obviously all listen to League Castle, a tip, if the Melbourne Storm are pushing someone out the door or the Melbourne Storm <laughs> are playing someone in a position, there's probably reasons these things happen. Craig Bellamy doesn't make these things by chance.
1: 100%, mate. And, um, you know, Curtis Scott's career minor P- P20 um, pop Dylan Walker on the field. So <laughs> I think... Keep it on the field. We can't even
2: do that anymore. So maybe just don't do it at all. <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe those who just need to have a charity boxing match because they're both in about as much strife as each other as regularly as each other. I think so. Um, yeah. Curtis Scott. I think the only positive you can say is that you haven't got drunk and tried to fight someone in a outside a pizza shop. So yet. <laughs> yeah. So there's plenty of time, I'm sure, in his career to to uh, do that. And undoubtedly, we'll see him playing in you know Ron Massey Cup or Sydney Shield or something like that in the, in the not too distant future.
1: Yeah, for sure, mate. And back to the head-to-head here, like you said, dollar thirty something I'll be taking that uh, head-to-head. They, they should win this match in the nation's
2: capital. Beautiful, mate. Let's move on and wrap up the last three games. The Warriors host the Storm at Central Coast Stadium. It's the two uh, homeless drifting sides at the moment, unfortunately, for the two of them. But uh, you'd have to think even with origin impacts on the Melbourne Storm, they'd be, uh, you know, Pretty, pretty comfortable in backing them head to head. It's a 14.5 line. They're $1. eighteen favourites, the Warriors
1: $5. Yeah, I might take the Warriors line here. It might be some value to me. I saw Adam Fanua Blake um, is named in the extended list here to make his first game back after, I think, sev- a couple of months at least on the sideline with an injury. Um, but yeah, Storm head to head. Pretty easy tip there.
2: And then we wrap up the round with the two uh, long weekend clashes that we we see uh, as a regular fixture, the two Sydney clashes, with the Parramatta Eels hosting the West Tigers at their shared home venue of Bank West Stadium, Parramatta. $1.25 favourites. Uh, the Tigers, $4 outsiders, plus 11.5. Uh, look, I know the Eels weren't significantly affected by Origin uh, in the end, but I think $4... Well, you know, I'm, I wouldn't be tipping them if it was uh, pick your price. $4 is a little bit of value about the Tigers after the form we saw from them last week.
1: Yeah, they looked good last week. Obviously, hard to tell against a depleted pedericide. Um I'll say this to the Eels. Like, the Knights have done over the past decade consistently. We tend to play teams into form. So, I think the Eels will carry on this run here. I also see that they have won their past six games against the Tigers. So, I'll tip them to extend that to seven.
2: Yeah, I'll take I'll take them to win, but I might have a cheeky little fiver on the uh, on the Tigers just head to head for a bit of value. The final game of the round, and these two sides are an absolute tipster's nightmare. I mean, you can't tip one of them and the other one. If you tip them to win, they'll win. If you tip, they'll lose. And if you tip them to lose, they'll win. I think I got that the right way around. Once I spat it out, the Bulldogs hosting St George Illawarra in the Queen's Birthday clash. The Bulldogs at four dollars fifty. The line thirteen and a half. The Dragons $1.20 favorites. Uh, look, I think you've just got to go with the Dragons purely just based on the fact that Matt Dufty seems insistent on proving them wrong on letting him go.
1: Yeah, sorry, mate. You just cut out for a second there. Yeah, I'll be tipping the Dragons here as well. Um, These two teams, like you say, are tipsters' nightmare, just like the Tigers have been. You know, Dragons met them in round nine earlier in the year, beat them by 20 points. Uh, They've won the last two games, sorry, the last four or four of the last five. Now I'm scrolling down. But um, yeah, yeah, I'll tip the Dragons.
2: Yeah, I certainly think the Dragons been hunting in good form and I think what you might have missed there, mate, was just me uh, pointing out Matt Dufty seems insistent on proving the Dragon's wrong on announcing they're going to let him go.
1: Oh, yeah, what a fantastic game, Howard, hey, last week. That just kind of rubbed salt in the Dragon's fans' wounds. I was talking to a few of them during the game. I was like, you "Know why do you want this bloke to leave? And then one of them said, oh, because you can't tackle. He missed a tackle. Like, yeah, but he gives give you five tries. on a night like this. You know, you'll take that. Um, yeah, he'll find a club somewhere and they'll be thankful for it. Um, I heard Brisbane's pretty interested, but where I mean, they
2: take anyone they can get. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I, I hear the Raiders are in the market for him as well, possibly looking at moving uh, Chan's nickel clock stat into what looks likely to be Curtis Scott's vacant centre position. Um, although I'm not sure what that spells for Jared Croker with the emergence of Tomoko and also Sebastian Chris. But, hey, at the end of the day, you can uh, never have too many good things, right? Yeah, exactly, mate. You'll say that. Exactly right. Just on that, Matt Dufty did equal the record for the most try assist by a Dragons player in a match with five last week. So just a little interesting stat from... My mate, the Dragon super fan, Donnie Bell. So, um, yeah, great to see him firing on all cylinders. But, mate, that brings us a wrap. We're 20 minutes again. That's 40 minutes of just you and I talking this week before we get into the rest of the footy. So, uh, appreciate your time again on the show. Make sure everyone stays tuned to our social media channels, uh, Leadcastle, AUS on Facebook, Castle AU on Instagram and Twitter for uh, plenty of updates as they continue to come uh, and, mate, uh, you getting a bit more involved behind the scenes there. So we look forward to that uh, as we continue to roll out some more content. So thanks again for jumping on this week, and thanks for all your assistance as we move forward. All good, Chris, mate. I appreciate it. hope the listeners aren't getting bored of us just yet. Uh, yeah, looking forward to the weeks ahead. Go
1: the Knights, go the Blues. <laughs>
2: Well, that brings us to a close of another episode, our longest for season 2021. Plenty of rugby league content for your listening enjoyment. Uh, A big thank you to all of our guests, our regular star, Josh Spiegelman, Dwayne Sampson from the South Newcastle Lions, A-grade side, Sam Anderson from the Maitland Pickers in the Denton Engineering Cup, and Ashley Harvey, the president of the Aberglass and Ants, and also uh, one of the halves for the mid-table West. Uh, Rosella's in the Newcastle and Hunter Community Rugby League Women's Tackle A Grade competition. Appreciate all of their time and certainly appreciate uh, everyone tuning into what's been a uh, extremely full episode. Make sure to keep on voting in our Team of the Year, the People's Club of the Region competition. We are down to the semi-finals. The first semi-final is in progress between the Cessna Goannas and the East Maitland Griffins and that'll be followed by the second semi-final which will be the Tuker Hawks taking on the Stroud Raiders. So, four proud clubs. Well done to all of them for making it through to the semi-finals. Uh, and of course, make sure to keep uh, liking and sharing and engaging in our content on all of our social media platforms: Lee Castle Aus on Facebook, Lee Castle AU on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, as we said, we will have a prize now on the line for the Lee Castle Statsman of the Year performer. Uh, the top performer, currently Cam Anderson of Central and Royce Jeffrey, equal atop that leaderboard, as well as working on uh, facilitating some prizes for the leading tri-scorer in the Denton Engineering Cup, and the leading point scorer in the women's tackle A-grade competition, so plenty of things on the line there through League Castle, so... Keep on tuning in. Enjoy your footy this weekend if you do get out to one of the five fixtures in the Denton Engineering Cup and the lower grades competitions. Otherwise, have a great long weekend. We'll be back after the long weekend to preview as all competitions pick back up and resume. Thanks for listening.
0: Barge over. Will he get it down? Yes, he does. There's the premiership.
4: Wilson. Runs to the line. He's got Buxton with him. And it's been put
1: on the toe. It's going to be a try. Joy Jobson's got the try. Window
0: get a second. You're listening to League Cup, Newcastle 100
2: is the home
4: Rugby League.